<laughs> to kind of summon all of it. DCI, what the hell, man? <laughs> what are you doing? Hi, everybody. Uh, so we're here today with Ethan David. Uh, he was the drum major for Spear of Atlanta in 2018, and she, he was also the drum major for the Kennesaw State Marching Owls in 2017-2018. But uh, welcome to Ethan. So uh, go ahead and just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, sure. Well, hey, thanks for having me, guys. This is awesome. I'm glad you're doing this. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see you know how everything goes with this it'll be fun and uh so uh i am a trombone player originally best instrument. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> it's the best instrument you're currently outnumbered currently currently in a different episode we can debate that okay Ooh, that'd be a good one get it's like favorite, some yeah, yeah so like a brass a woodwind a percussion currently some, some pe- yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're talking about now the here and now right um <laughs> so yeah i'm a trombone player uh i um marched all through high school and when i was in college so in high school i marched for two years with trombone and uh and then i was drum major for two years and then i marched trombone for a year at Kennesaw and then was drum major for two years and I was just drum major at Spirit of Atlanta. Um, yeah, uh, that's that's my, my I guess, marching career. I've done some, some teaching of drum majors in low brass and uh, some private lessons as well. So I bet that was, you know, kind of interesting. We, you know, we've talked to other people and in their experience with DCI in college, we, you know, we talk about you know, the connection of some of them will bounce back and forth or they'll do both at the same time. Yeah. Because I think, it, if I remember right, you did that once, like you went directly from your time at Spirit into being the drum major of a collegiate band. I mean, what yeah. was, what's the kind of connection there? What's the stress level on that? Well, that was, that was a, a fun transition time because uh, it was really going from collegiate band straight to drum corps back to collegiate band and so that was you know uh uh three seasons but almost a year straight of marching band um in a row what does that do to you (laughs) it's uh it's well making the i mean for anyone making the adjustment to drum corps uh, because it's such a different activity you I, i did the math once and i can't do that at all a um, a season of drum corps is is roughly the same amount of rehearsal time as four years of high school marching band. Jeez. Yeah, because yeah. uh, it's it's you know seventeen hour days rehearsing twelve hours a day for you know basically three months straight, and adjusting to that is is one thing, and then coming. You know, I actually think it was it was a very nice kind of warm up and cool down, <laughs> going from from you know collegiate to drum corps back to collegiate, uh, but that was a a stressful time um, for the the first year of being a, a drum major is always a, a year of growth, <laughs> I think. Um, that's and, more how it works. <laughs> and I've had multiple first years. You know, my my uh, first year was junior year of high school, and that was uh, you know I felt uh, clumsy uh, in a leadership sense, and um, and my conducting and running rehearsals and everything was just I, I didn't know the flow. 
and then my senior year things kind of fell into place and I was like confident and felt good and so going into college I was ready to uh, I was ready to pick up where I left off right um, but with you know you're in a completely different organization and, and in a leadership position you're so tied to the organization that you have to basically learn things all over again and collegiate band being so different from from high school band uh that was you know a, a year of hard work and 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 learning for sure and so coming out of that into a new activity which i do consider a completely different activity uh between marching band and drum corps and learning another organization uh and a new activity was was um probably the, the fastest time of accelerated growth I've had uh, leadership wise and, and in my skills and just like my confidence as a person to, to go through <laughs> hardship. Um, and then it really felt great, like like uh, Odysseus returning from his journey, coming back <laughs> to college band and, and having grown and more confident. The and, prodigal son. And really tan. <laughs> <laughs> that's Our a, son's that's the that's the real reason anyone does DCA, right? So yeah, it's, tan. yeah, yeah, for the skin cancer risk. So, like, sorry. No, um, Going back, you mentioned that you did trombone for a couple of years. Like, yeah. what made you say, maybe sliding the slide isn't for me and waving the hands is more appropriate? <sighs> that That is a very good question and, and something I've thought about. Like, what is that? What's planted the seed? And... Um, my my father is a very good leader and I think has always raised my brothers and I to to you know it wasn't an overt like you will be a leader you know uh, but it, it was sort of just that that energy of like you guys are have the personalities to to lead and so I I came in freshman year in high school and uh, it was the first year of the school um, and and of the program uh, by proxy and so it was very new we hadn't we didn't have uniforms and it was sort of a like a, a, a an amorphous type of environment <laughs> right. of like what is our culture and mm -hmm. and how do we do things and we had uh, one drum major um, uh, Gentry Benny now she's Gentry Manning uh, and she was incredible uh, she she really like was a, a perfect figurehead for the band and and really inspired everyone and seeing that effect that she had on a group of of young people without even tradition to rely upon uh was was really inspiring and something i i uh, immediately admired and and uh, wanted to do like to have that opportunity to to affect people's experience like that is really really amazing and so that first year um uh going into my sophomore year, I auditioned for drum major, uh, and I didn't make it, which was a great, uh, learning experience in itself to, to work really hard and not get something. I think we've all felt that and know what, what an amazing, uh, experience that is. <laughs> and, and, and that's, I mean, that's a good point. Cause I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of high schoolers out there that, that feel that, well, I worked hard, so I, I deserve it. But there's, you know, you, you know, to keep it in perspective, there's other people that yeah, are working also hard. working hard. Yeah, so it, well, and may not be the most qualified. Exactly, and 
also looking back on it, I'm really glad I had that second season of marching um, just to learn more about band. And like that second season, <laughs> we had uniforms. And right. so, you know, like I, I had a, a thinking back, I had a really narrow slice of like what my perception was of marching band from that from that first year. Um, so I'm glad I had that second year and I had great section leaders to learn about like small group leadership with. And I learned a lot from from those guys as well. Really talented young leaders. Um and it made it that much sweeter my junior year when I did get it. Um, and, and I felt, uh, you know, a little bit more deserving of it than, than I would have if I got it my, my sophomore year. Right. And, and I want to, I know you have more to say, <laughs> but um, I wanted to kind of pull you on that, right? Because you said that you take the experiences that you, you know, you're glad you had that second year because, you know, you had a very thin you know, layer of, of this marching band sandwich. Yeah. Um, but having multiple starts, right? You said yeah. that earlier, having multiple first years, right? Yeah. Um, there's skills that can be translated. There's things that can be, you know, move from one place to another, but at such different levels like that, or as you call those different activities, and your experience being a drum major, three different levels of a pretty, I mean, some would argue at all levels of, of band, Yeah. you know, what could translate? I mean, what, I mean, did things translate? Did you have, because you know, you, you had, didn't have uniforms one year, and then you had uniforms, and and you knew how the band grew, and then that, that allowed you to be a good leader there. Right. At Kennesaw, you marched a year of trombone, you learned the program, and you're able to be drum. But for Spirit of Atlanta, your first year, you're in charge. Right. Well, I think that that progression kind of happens. Um, uh, it, it's funny the way it worked out because you know I marched two years, I become drum major right in high school and then in college i marched one year become drum major and then in, and and drum corps became drum major yeah clearly doing something right <laughs> yeah well and, and i think that just goes to show the um the the level that experience plays into into leadership of of you know you begin to see okay i've encountered this type of issue before or or um you know run into this this uh, uh, situation before, and I know I'm a little bit more comfortable on how to handle it. And every situation is different, but you start gathering tools in your tool belt um, to to handle those. And so I felt it felt a little bit more appropriate to to step into a leadership position um, earlier on. But they it definitely still has its challenges, um, you know. And in, in drum corps. Like I said, it's every season is like four years of, of high school, and and so you know how close you you grow right. with those people over those over that time, that uh, coming in fresh to a group of people <laughs> that has already marched maybe two or three seasons with each other, and then having to lead as the new guy, um, as you can imagine, is is uh, definitely an obstacle to overcome, but is it is overcomable right. and and if you approach it in the in in a healthy way i think then it actually is is um i don't want to say easy but is it can be overcome quickly um well, it makes know, sense. i i feel like i i gained a lot of people's trust earlier and earlier it's something i kind of got got good at was was uh <laughs> pitching my, myself and like advertising what i was good at and what i was about and so people could feel comfortable with me earlier on. And, and um, I think that's really important to do that kind of groundwork of introducing yourself and letting people understand who you are and meeting your other leaders 
so you can work together. Um, that was really big with me at, at Kennesaw was was getting to know the other leaders, uh, and and I think that's like a big part of the of, of the journey. <laughs> well, so then one of the the things we wanted to talk about today was you know, and you kind of already segued us into it. Um, you know, as a drum major in, in, in any organization, you, you know, is it better, more beneficial that they're, you know, more group minded than they are as an individual or, you know, you know, or at least for you personally, do you see yourself more as a, a, a group member rather than an individual when you're the drum major or, cause I know um, you and I've had discussions about it and, and, you know, we can differ sometimes, but, um, you know, I personally think that, you know, it kind of varies because, you know, when, when, um, when you're up on the stands and you're, you know, you're, you're in front of it, like a crowd and you're in front of all of them, it's like, you're the man. Like, I, I feel like I'm the individual, yeah. I'm be an individual, but at the same time, you know, it's different off the field than it is in the field. So I, I also feel like, you know, you need to be flexible for that. But yeah. what do you think? What do you, I mean? Well, I want to know what, what you're... Uh... Well, I know I was never a drum major, so I was always just... I'm part of the band. Yeah, I yeah. Never, I never did any solos. Like, I, I'm i an anxious person, so, I, like, even if somebody was like, hey, you want to do solo? Like, nah, you can give it to this other person. So, I was very much a group mentality person, and just, like, I'm part of the group. You know, we all make one band, one sound. Yeah, <laughs> so... yeah. Um, well, I think that's a, that's a great kind of uh, a demonstration of like the kind of mindsets that the, the difference in those two roles um, being a drum major or a leader in general is a lonely it, it's a lonely position and it and doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be um, there there are the, there's sort of a couple different aspects of I think why it's it's lonely is a there's just by nature of being a leader is fewer of you right so less people can relate to you some people will come up to you and ask you a question you're the only one that can answer it or like you're expected to give a response that everybody else relies on so it's like oh man people are relying on me to make a decision for them Mm -hmm. i like that that analogy uh or example i should say um because now you know teachers going from student teaching to normal teaching right um (laughs) <laughs> they'll have the student come up and ask him a question, right? Mm-hmm. And then there used to be in the student teaching where they're like, oh, I don't know the answer. Let me... <laughs> yeah, and, then, um, and then, like, uh, uh, I've heard when people first start teaching for, like, real-time teaching and they have the kid walk up and ask one of those questions, they're like, oh, let me, oh, I have to, I have to make the rule. I am the teacher now. That, right, right now. <laughs> that feeling, that feeling is, yeah, that's a first year uh, uh, drum major feeling for sure. Um, so yeah, as far as it like uh, being being kind of lonely on that side, there's there's that, and there's also the fact that you're the only one doing your specific job, and or you know there's maybe only a few of you doing your specific job. And so the other members can't relate to, you know, you can't complain about things because they don't, they don't, they haven't done what you do. And also usually what you do seems a lot easier than what they do. And so it's just like, that's the thing that gets shut down really quick, but, but there's, it's hard to, um, to relate to people on the struggles and the things you go through. Uh, And then the other thing is, is you sort of, you sort of have to be lonely to, 
to maintain the the relationship of of leader to member or like drum major to, to member in, in the marching band sense just because sometimes I've seen it get confusing of if you start getting too close to a certain members and you know you don't want some members to become more important than the others or, or or you know make decisions for the better of some members rather than the better of the the betterment of the band as a whole that that can be dangerous and then also some members becoming very familiar with you and so they start to question your your uh, decisions which is you know that undermining type behavior right. is really and especially dangerous. Especially in like DCI where you're all expected to be professionals and sometimes you just have to call somebody out. It's like, hey, you were five clicks slow and like <laughs> if you're too friendly, they'll be like, ah, who cares? Right, and there is that like, professional right. boundary there. Um, and uh, I'm trying to stay on the, <laughs> on the, on the, the original, <laughs> but the, the, yeah, the individual versus the group. Um, so on, on that sense, it's lonely. You're very much an individual. You have to be, you're responsible for yourself entirely. No one else is really going to check on you. But as an individual, you have to completely embody the culture of the group. You have to uh, live by the values that, you know, every, every, every organization has their own, you know, kind of keywords they latch on to. If it's like, you know, uh, uh, family is like a really popular one, but you can have um, integrity or yeah, yeah, your pillars, and right. and you need to live by those so that anyone that that starts to lose their way in their in their activity can look at you as kind of this this uh, flagpole of like that's what what I'm supposed to be doing, um, and so in that way you sort of are the the nucleus of the group. But, um, but it, it is a solo pursuit <laughs> in that. Well, I, you know, there, there also could be, depending on the person, you know, very widely depends on the person. Um, but I mean, there's some instances, I mean, like as those that are wanting to step into that role or are wanting, you know, thinking up about pursuing that mm-hmm. at their school, um, it, you need to think about where you stand personally on those things because if you step into that role and you're unable to kind of juggle the two you you either you you decide to be the spitting image of what your band needs to be however you don't think about what is actually happening in the band you've become too individualized or things get to your head or the other way around where you're so group focus and you want to please everyone that you forget what you're supposed to be doing so you have to you know find a a good balance of the two um um, and and i think your uh input and and experience with that is a great way to kind of push all of those things together well i'm i'm glad you said that actually because that's something um that that's an it that's a a matter that i've thought about a lot um between like uh, a drum major and the members uh, this kind of incongruence of of what do we stand for versus what do I believe kind of thing. But I'm glad you said that as an internal conflict as well, because it's really, really true. And I think both of those instances are solved with communication. And so um, if you're feeling, you know, I'm about to represent this this organization, but I don't really know what what 
integrity, honor, and discipline mean? Like that doesn't really line up with me. Um, that's a time to go talk to the director. The, uh, that's a time to go talk to the director and the leadership of the organization and say, what does this mean to you? Help me understand. So I, that question of, of why are we doing this? What does this organization kind of believe in versus what do I personally feel? is a question that comes up a lot in leadership and i'm glad that you brought it up as an internal conflict because that that is something that you do need to reckon with before you step into a role and i think both of those are are solved with with establishing um really healthy communication habits and so for you coming into this position right because the question sort of uh how do you reconcile that uh stepping into a position i would meet with the the leadership the directors who run that organization and say what do these things mean to you can you help me understand what you mean by honesty integrity respect and discipline you know uh and and get on the same page with them so you can uh help the members buy into it because it's all about buy-in right uh, that you need your your members to believe what you are why you're doing what you're doing and what you're doing and and so that first step is for you to understand it and implement it and live it and so you can represent that for for a large group of people um, yeah that makes sense and I, I feel like if if you know whoever's in that role whoever's you know successfully you know uh, uh, reconciled that within themselves um, could really bring a sense of community to that band and and bring together a good sense of like morale and justice towards towards the the group and what they're aiming for um is what i mean by justice i was like bring justice (laughs) (laughs) um but at different levels i mean again i i I gotta pull on your experience because you've been at all i mean all all the levels Mm um i mean how you know especially in drum corps how do you bring that morale especially since you talked about you being the new guy you know how do you you have to instantly give that credibility but also be um able to bring morale and boost the whole audience the whole group when you're the new guy yeah what is is, how does that look that is um that is a really interesting question because of the, the the sort of uh the funny conditions that I went into my other roles with, with my, my first year of high school being the first year of the school, first year of the program. And with my uh, college experience, my first year of college was the second year of the program. So both of those were very new programs. And so I saw that, that sort of became my specialty is leading a new organization, uh, which has its own set of, of challenges and its own set of advantages. I, I found it, um, extremely uh inspiring and fun to have a new organization and then you you decide and design what the culture is going to be and often like well i found um especially as i've as i've gone back to these organizations to teach that uh there's a bit of a of a spark an early flame in those groups where they really buy into it and feel those those things that, that you that turn into the culture of the of the organization, and so I love doing that for those. And then going into into drum corps, 
um, you know, Spirit of Atlanta is, uh, has a, a history to it and, and um, a very strong history. And so I'm coming into now for my first time an organization that already has traditions, already has an established culture that I now need to adopt and uphold. And that was, uh, it, it's hard to, it's hard to avoid that when you're in a, an environment like drum corps where you're there all day, every day, surrounded by it. And you're, you're only interacting with people in that organization. It has a really strong effect on, on sort of unifying you and understanding, understanding the why from that point. But when it comes to, to morale, that can also be a very trying time for morale because there's no escape from it. <laughs> um, you know, in marching in, in band camp, you have you have a, a rough day. You you know, depending on your band camp situation, you either you know have your own room or you go home and you're with your parents. You have food and you get that little break from it. But in, in drum corps, you're there 20, always. Yeah, until <laughs> the end. You know. Um, and so the the morale becomes a bit more uh, real. <laughs> it's not from that point. It's not like um, like uh, morale that you'd have in a sports team where you're just like having someone push to the end of the game and, and keep performing and run to the finish line. You're now like you're trying to affect the morale that that person has in life, <laughs> like you know, their 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 personal willpower. Um, and, and how, how would I put that into words? How you, how you uphold that? Well, the, you know, while you're thinking of, of that, I mean, you and I are a little biased because we're, you know, we've both been on the, on the, that side of things that, you know, trying to uphold and trying to maintain the morale and do it. But from the other side of things, um, I, I mean, James, you had, yeah, right. You, you, Cause you weren't a drum major for, right. for you as somebody that was, that was in the band and mm. contributing, contributing in that way, right. you know, what were you wanting to see from your drummer, your drum majors that would help you build that morale or that trust? Uh, loaded term, but like trickle down effect. <laughs> um, if you see your leadership doing what they want you to do, then you too are going to do it. So like. Um, if like they wanted you to be cheery and happy and like I was part of leadership so like we would be you know the first line of communication with the people in the section so like if when we had 6am call times like you would have to be that energetic ball of, of fun to <laughs> get people yeah to get ready for oh, game day and like practice so like um, if you saw your drum major if you saw the staff like all excited, you're like, okay, they're buying in. Like they're not just talking the talk; they're also walking the walk. So, just like that, leading by example. Um, and then obviously it helps when like people do tell you like in your section like, hey, these are my issues. Um, and I might say like, hey, I might not have the answer for that. Let me go ask Ethan slash Harrison whatever. Um, so like we would try to keep a pulse on our individual members as much as we could so we could give like a group energy to the drum majors yeah yeah and, yeah that, i mean that's incredibly helpful because <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of i mean i mean in when, when i did it for kennesaw 
there was a, a couple of times where some of the sections would come individually. They, they would say there's an issue. However, they didn't do a pulse on everyone where they only brought the one issue. But the way they that it was explained, and I'm sure you dealt with this, they you know they would explain it as a, my section's having this issue when it's really just one person that's, right. that's got that. So that, I mean that. That's a ditch. I haven't heard that. And that's like a leadership (laughs) thing. Like I'm a manager, like at a social work company. So like, it just comes with experience where like those individual things, like at first as a new leader, you're like, oh, I should just, you know, ask everybody questions like as you should. But as you just get more experience, you learn that you can deal with things or like you can not necessarily keep a lid on things, but like you start to get a better pulse for what you can manage yourself. Right. And then you, like, basically are giving, like, like take my energy type of feeling to the drum major, <laughs> and the drum major can assess from there. Well, then, with that, then, because if you're trying to, to kind of mold all those pieces together to, to you know, have a unified front, mm-hmm. um, I mean, with that, I mean, you have to kind of set the rules in your own, I mean, you have your own little world. Right. So, I mean, how do you manage expectations, you know, being in a group like that versus being a, yourself an individual in that band. Does that make sense? You know, how do you, you know, where is the mental change from, you know, a group mindset where you're trying to look out for your session as a leader mm. versus, you know, as an individual trying to figure out where you stand as being a leader. Does that make sense? Yeah. So again, it goes back to that lead by example, but also knowing your own limits. Like, Hey guys, like, I like just talking to group like hey I'm not the strongest player I might not be the strongest marcher but like somebody believed that I was a good leader so like you have that self confidence in what you can do and what you also cannot do so just like telling people hey these are things I can do these are things I can't do um, and I will try to do the best at what I can do for you Um, so there's like that individual perspective but like just leading by example makes other people want to follow suit. So like if I'm on top of my stuff, hopefully the people in the group will also want to be on top of their stuff. Well, then what's the danger of, you know, if I'm on my stuff, then, you know, everyone else should be on my stuff turns into my way, do it my way. Yeah. Um, as Ishan meant, Ethan mentioned Ishan. before, Ishan. <laughs> um, you know, just like the buy-in, you get more buy-in the higher the the level of just just age I, I don't know what I'm trying to say like the buy-in may not be 100 well, it will never be 100% in high school <laughs> the buy-in in college will probably be like 90-95% because like you know there are always still people that just want to do it because their friends are there yeah. or they want to go to free games or yada 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 um, but, free games right <laughs> DCI it's like they're paying thousands of dollars so like you should never really have an issue with buying it might just be more so of like you mentally cannot handle and like you, it's just split it's your like defiance is sort of like spilling out uh you'd be i think you'd be surprised at the the issues of buy-in <laughs> um because there's a lot of different you know if if everyone is is marching their dream core and they mm. and they want to be there and they're you know then yeah it would be pretty easy to get a lot of buy-in there's a lot of people that aren't at their dream cores or there's there are many points throughout a season that you don't want to be there anymore. <laughs> I mean, like many, many points right. where you're just you're just tired and you're, you want to sleep and let your feet heal. And 
And at those points, it is a little bit more of a, I think, an active role in, in, and it's a case by case thing, unfortunately, like it doesn't make good <laughs> podcasting of like, this is the answer. But, but you, at that point as a leader, you need to be able to assess what's going on and then be able to address the issues so that people know the why mm-hmm. and then, and then mm-hmm. can use the why to pursue the what right. is, is, um, and that, that is the active role. And that again, goes back to the, the communication that you need to have. Um, yeah, I don't know if you, if you have any like like if you've seen that on your side uh as far as buy-in and well yes and no um with buy-in i i I see it two different ways right you know he mentioned there's there's buy-in where people are showing up because they you know their friends are there they're just there because they want to have a good time and there's buy-in where it's like hey they're i mean they're working hard i'm gonna work hard yeah right but i and, and again, you said as well, I mean, there, it, it's, it wouldn't be good podcasting if this, this is the answer. Okay, move on. But mm-hmm. um, in my opinion on that, there's a, yes, there's there's two different buy-ins, but there's also like a thin line in the middle for buy-in where it's like they don't really have anybody that's in it mm-hmm. and they don't really care what's, what's going on above them. And you have to, you know, monitor the situation to figure out, well, how, how are you going to buy in this person? How are you going to make them feel included? Um, and I wish I, you know, would have to say the answer to that because there's not really a right answer to that, right? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, again, for people listening that are looking to be drum majors, I mean, every single person is different. I mean, you know, they're all wired different. They think different. Um now there's, I mean, there's things called group mentality, which we can go into the whole, we can, that can be a whole episode on its own, right. but, um, more or less everyone thinks individually. So you're going to have people that are there for their friends and you're going to have people there because they want to be a part of something bigger. They see you working hard, so they're going to work hard. But then there's always these people in the middle that kind of don't swing, people. don't swing either. I don't want to call them gray. It seems like a negative word, but <laughs> they don't swing either way of that that spectrum they're dead in the middle i mean so how you know the question is how do you get there by it and just the fair point to bring up is that like you will never get everybody to like you right and like you can try to be as professional as possible but like it's just again like don't don't ever try to make everybody like you just make every or not make just like try to earn everybody's respect in the role that you're doing you can always do the best that you can, but it's never a guarantee, not just in, in, in the marching arts, but just in life in general. There's never a guarantee that someone's going to like you. Um, and, and I think that's an important thing to keep in the back of your mind as the social aspect of, of a drum major is important since you're acting as the face of that program. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I think that... Um, th- th- now would be like a good time to say that, that phrase of of your power is completely determined by your ability to empower others. Um, That's a good one. And and, and I I 100% agree with it because we all know people who have been in leadership roles that were bad leaders. Mm -hmm. And we also know people who are fantastic leaders that had no title. Uh, And, and, what's the difference between those you know because like right. a lot of people would think a role comes with power but that that couldn't couldn't it really couldn't be further from the truth right. in many ways it gives a lot of 
people a reason to question you is what is what comes with the you role. You get more questions. But but when you uh, and think about it from times when you've been led and who's the person that you're going to want to like uphold you know if you're if you're working really hard and there's always someone that every interaction they they have with you brings you uh, a learning uh, a, like a time of, of learning or a bit of helpful advice or that you know anything that just makes your life easier in that time and improves or accelerates your growth as a person you're going to do whatever you can to help that person succeed to help them have more of an effect on whatever uh, uh, community you're in and so i think for those for those gray people or really i mean it's it's the approach you need to have for every member is you just want every member to achieve at their highest level and mm-hmm. i think it's going to be hard to for people to fight against that if you're like this person i feel like whoever's leading me genuinely wants me to succeed and that's like their whole purpose is for me to succeed i would be pretty swayed to like buy in and and you know all the it's fun to be good type things like all those those great things you want in in an organization i think comes from that that sort of uh uh, the cycle of empowering each other um well i and i want to kind of go off of that because you know the way the way that it's you know you you bring it up it seems bright happy like this you know it's a great thing, but also there's um, situations in, in you know where where it's not so uh, um, green and happy, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. where someone thinks that they're doing the right thing and it is not so the right thing. Whereas, and I am talking specifically about the recent recent controversy with Spirit of Atlanta, yeah. right? You know, <clears throat> just because you are, it, it, you know, just because you're older than somebody in the program just because you have a quote-unquote seniority because you've been there longer i mean does you don't get to boss people around you don't get to do whatever you want with somebody especially with their personal space yeah um and i mean and i know you've you've heard about it seen it um and i don't want to go into too many details about it you know in case it's someone's someone's trigger i don't want to say any you know, uh, keywords, but um, you can you can look up this controversy. You can just Google "spirit of Atlanta controversy." It's the top thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. um, but what do you feel about that? Because to your point, right? You want to work with people. You want to help empower them. You want to make you know make them feel important. Yeah. However, there, remember going back to the gray line. There's these people that are going to take that way too far, and then they make it personal. Yeah. Well, I think. Uh just blanket uh everything that's happened with spirit of atlanta uh is is uh really disappointing it uh sickens me personally it disappoints me as someone that that marched with them and has devoted a lot of like time and work to that organization um it just makes me uh yeah like i said sick to see all that stuff happen and unfortunately I wasn't exactly surprised either, you know. Um, now, with a situation like that, and and it's rampant in a lot of 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 activities and organizations um, everywhere, but that that abuse of power 
um, I, it's it's very very strong in drum corps because there's a a lot of value put on tradition and experience, as, as is appropriate to a degree. You know, a, a drum corps experience is is very dense, <laughs> um, so you you know you you grow a lot and you gain a lot, but it it is often abused, and I've I've been in situations, um, uh, and not not speaking specifically situations where there have been uh, poor leadership decisions on the staff level for for a, a, an organization and uh, a fellow leader of mine was worried to speak up against it because of their uh because they were going into the music education world and they were mm -hmm. going to use these people as references and you know they had a lot of respect for them that um, hindered their ability to do what was right, <laughs> you know, and and that's a scary thing. And uh, to to speak up despite that uh, structure that's there is incredibly brave. And for the people that have have spoken up, um, you know, I commend them to, to an indescribable amount because it is a hard thing to do. Um, it is a very strong structure, and I'm sure it's happening in so many other organizations that yeah, I can only hope that uh, everything that's going on with Spirit of Atlanta um, is a is can do enough preventative measures to stop it happening um, in other cores. But yeah, it's it's experience and and um, tradition can get in the way of of what is right as well. Yeah, and I think, I mean, and to your point, I mean, you have to, I mean, you need to speak up about it. I don't want to say have to, because if you're not in a situation when you can, you know, or don't feel safe to, you know, mm -hmm. then I can't, you know, don't. But if you if you can get yourself in a situation you feel that way, I mean, you need to say something. And, and if the leadership are the ones that are the problem, then mm -hmm. those are the ones that need to change or they're preventing that so i'm hoping this is an eye-opening um, um situation that that will occur um in in kind of other cores will bring these things to light and kind of smash this because i i love dci i think mm -hmm. it's great it's it, i mean it always looks great sounds great so entertaining to watch inspiring but, as like someone marching in high school or college to right. see to see that level of performance as well right and then it's very as you said disappointing and and sickening where you know you get that feeling where you just your heart just sinks to your stomach mm -hmm. um and, and it's like I, I you know i have no i don't have words that I mean, put my disappointment to, to paper. I just, it's, it's, it's disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. And not right. Yeah. Uh, you and I both, before I marched DCI, we were very much like, uh, you know, we talked about it a lot and, and drew a lot of our inspiration for like the work we put in um, at Kennesaw to like, you know, a lot of that came, was fueled by DCI. And so it makes it makes me sad to think that an organization an organization i was involved in um that could have inspired someone else like us uh now is maybe a reason why someone doesn't want to join the activity or you know can get looked down upon it is 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 really disappointing and to keep it on on you know what a leader 
should do in that situation. Or not, I don't want to say should do, but the uh, possible perspective that a leader could have on that situation is something that I actually uh, really liked what you said earlier about knowing your limitations and being upfront of, hey, I might not be the best at blank. Um, there, there's a fantastic book that I recommend everyone on earth read, <laughs> but especially leaders. Um, it's called Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. Um, uh, Jocko Willink is, he was a Navy SEAL platoon leader, and he also ran uh, the BUDS, like the Navy SEAL training for a long time. And, uh, and now he and Leif Babin um, teach these leadership uh, seminars to like corporate leaders and where they take the things they learn from, from war and translate them into like the business world and regular life. And he wrote this book called Extreme Ownership that's brilliant and it's all the things that I, I read it towards the end of my leadership career um, and it just validated everything that I learned over years <laughs> of learning things the hard way. Yes. <laughs> and, and and so now whenever I'm teaching, like if I'm teaching someone, I'm like read this book, please. Like <laughs> it'll make it so much easier on you. But um, the the concept of extreme ownership is that as a leader, everything in your organization that you are in charge of is your responsibility. And if something goes wrong, that is your fault and you need to acknowledge it, own it. And do something about it. So, and to go right off of that, um, and I know you work with this often, right? Um, you know, we're we're talking a lot about this controversy with with um, Spirit of Atlanta, um, and and kind of the lack of of coverage about it. So, for you personally, why you know, I mean, why do you think DCI is not like outwardly more? opposing this and getting more involved because I mean, they've made I mean it's made some pretty blanket statements right um, so like for me this isn't just a controversy it's just an abject failure mm. I just want to call it what it is like everybody who has ever interacted with DCI knows this is a problem it's been happening since probably the inception of DCI and yet here we are I don't know when it was great we'll just say like 80 years it's still a thing that's happening and we know that there are kids that are like just starting high school and they want to do DCI, which is great. But like DCI, you are run by adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have you have been given the the responsibility by their parents to take care of their kids over the entire summer. It is not unlike a summer camp, like you know, like it, to you, to a greater degree because right, you're traveling across the country camp. and yeah you literally have legal guardianship of these children essentially and like the fact that it's it's still an ongoing issue and that DCI really doesn't want to seem to take straight like direct action at this it just blows my mind cuz mm-hmm. right now the 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 statement is that spirit is like willingly canceling their 2022 season and for me that just sends a message that oh it's still up to the course to decide what happens when failures of this immense you know weight happen where we know that other cores might be like well there wasn't really a penalty you know um right. and so just to me just again a failure on their end like come on guys we were working with children 
there are programs in place that you can install within the system. Like a really easy system right now would just be having a non-affiliated person on staff at every single core who's like a mandated reporter. And mm. then, look, I get it. It sucks when like authorities are involved. But again, we're talking about children. Yeah, it <laughs> also like, sucks when people are uncomfortable right. in your organization. And, and like, yeah. we get it. It's an uncomfortable topic. Um, the main purpose that you want is to like bring amazing like technical expertise and advancement within the music world but first and foremost should always be safety and just like making blanket statements and like not even dealing with this until maybe like half a month to like a whole or not half a month half a year to a whole year later that's just it just blows my mind yeah and and but to kind of backtrack a little I, I mean every every bit of that is is valid um it's an abject failure to, for 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 all levels of of the course to not you know address this a lot sooner and take something like this to to bring it up and hopefully this brings more light to it in a different right. episode we talk about the age gaps and, and the age limits in DCI. So hmm. um, this would be a great reference for, for that. I'm not going to really talk too much because watch the other episode. <laughs> but um, I do think that although they're having this, you know, this failure, I'm hopeful that they turn it around and that, you know, this doesn't totally cripple DCI as a whole, which right. I mean, it currently has, <laughs> yeah. don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but that it doesn't cripple it to the point that people don't continue to um, join and, and, and go through that experience because I think it's it's great and people you know as you know there's some people that go all through high school and they have a very competitive high school like BOA level school and they they go into college and like man I want to continue being that aggressive that competitive and the next best thing for them is DCI mm-hmm. or DCA right yeah. I mean and, and and you know I'm not gonna lump dca out of this i mean i'm sure it happens at their level yeah. as well yeah definitely i mean it's older individuals right. mm-hmm. for for dca it is a much wider age gap for 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 dca mm-hmm. um i mean it's never okay <laughs> um yeah. but i you know i'm hopeful because i i love dci i love watching it i love everything about it mm-hmm. except that <laughs> mm-hmm. well i think I think that needs, in order for that to happen, it there needs to be someone that says, "This is my fault," <laughs> you know. And and yeah. for right now, any statement that I've seen, like I said, I I've not tried to to dwell in this too much, just personally. Um, but in every statement I've seen, it's sort of like a, we accept the decisions people have made and uh and we are taking the season off right. or, or what or you know but there's no like we this is our fault right we messed up and we yeah. need to get better and and if that doesn't happen then no change will exactly. will happen like, and, and that's <laughs> you kind of sum it all of it dci what the hell man <laughs> what are you doing but it's it's like why you know you have to ask these people why why did this happen to your core you know and if you say oh, well oh well the members that mm, like like you're in, you're already you're, casting blame exactly yeah. and that that 
happen so easily and so frequently with with uh, leaders of at any level to say these members are under your lead why did this happen like well well uh, you know this guy didn't he wasn't really do, you know, like then why is he here <laughs> you know like, right. if, if if he's under your control why is he doing that why is he behaving that way oh you talk to him he's not behaving that way then like send Bye. him on, send him on his <laughs> way have thousands like, of people wanting to do it like well he's been them. in the he's been in the activity for 40 years it and he's a really matter. good name like yeah no not, that's not okay and and to and i haven't seen that sort of ownership from from any of the the really high up leaders in dci and that it scares me for the activity because of that fact and like just piggybacking off that it's like we know where the world is headed this isn't something that's gonna go away no. and if dci is way too slow about it it is going to blow up in their faces absolutely absolutely this isn't going to turn into well spirit Ooh, i move the light that spirit you know couldn't do their or couldn't couldn't do their 2022 season is going to turn into dci has another absent season right yeah <laughs> because of this um so they they need to get a handle on it sooner rather than later um i mean i just i can't i can't really talk more about it because i i want to but i don't want to send triggers out <laughs> yes yeah. so yeah it's a hard it i i would have to say if there's ever it's a hard obstacle it's a very difficult obstacle to overcome but if you are in a position where you don't feel like you have a lot of power um in a situation or there are there are others that are making poor decisions or decisions that are affecting you negatively um tell someone tell anyone it is so important to get that communication and if if there's an organization that has been formed in a way that you don't feel like you can communicate honestly to the leadership that is a huge issue because you are not the only one that feels that way mm -hmm. and so be be the the hero be courageous and and speak up because it, it is not going to stop yeah. And just, yeah, and, and there's a lot of people, um, I, I gotta be careful. Don't say a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, but there are people mm -hmm. that, you know, they get into the, the, the core of insert name here. Um, mm -hmm. and that was, that was their, their goal. That's what they wanted. Yeah. And now they're hearing this happens to them. Yeah. Um, and, and. I mean, that's traumatizing. Yeah. <laughs> because, but also, they just spent all this money to get in here, and now this is happening, and now they're going to have to, I mean, mentally jeopardize all of that, and then it's like they just spent all this money. So it, it's not worth all of that. If this is the issue, mm -hmm. it is, it's worth it to be out that experience than have the ones that follow. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. And I think that's a, a big thing to think about as well. So like if you're ever, if you've ever sunk money into something, that is not a reason to stay in it. Right. <laughs> if, yeah. there, if, it, if it is not well put together, you don't feel well supported. Yeah. Um, and, or, or it's, or it's detrimental to your mental health. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do not stay. Also having, uh, going back to, I mentioned that, that, um, other member, that was worried about speaking up for, for losing his references for going into music education. I talked to him probably a year and a half, uh, 
later and he regretted it so much <laughs> he was like i i've now met other people who support me and 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 they believe in the same things i believe in and i'm much happier to have them like uh, uh recommend me and help me on on my career and so they're not even asking those other people anyway and and so there there's there's that level too of you could put up with it and it's no. it's not going to be worth it now also if you have friends in the in your in in this core or, or organization that you're in that are not willing to support you to to say something about it those are not your friends yeah <laughs> absolutely not your friends <laughs> right right and so like for me just like i would like to see less of a cult mentality essentially to dci because mm -hmm. like there are a lot of people who equate their identity with their core. That's true. And so when these issues do get brought up, they take that personally. But, like, you shouldn't because these are basic human rights. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I call it, like, drinking the Kool-Aid. It's yeah. like they haven't seen, like, buying in and drinking, drinking the Kool-Aid. Kool you know, it, it, you got to uh, buy in and, and take in the beauty that is the camaraderie you have with these people and being part of something bigger and, and learning the way that uh, a bunch of people supporting each other can push them further than they ever would have gone on their own. That's incredible. Buy into that. Search for it in life in yeah. general. That's just like a, an amazing goal to have. But when you, when, you, when you go a little bit too much towards that, to where it starts affecting, affecting yourself or others negatively, that is um, that is a very dangerous situation to be in. Well, and then it, yeah, and, and and if you're one of those that doesn't feel like you're in that situation, you don't feel pressured that that type of way. Um, I mean, keep your eyes peeled. There might be someone right next to you that is unwilling to say anything to reach out for help, but may still be trying to reach out for help. And and turn an eye inward as well mm -hmm. and see. Oh, I'm not having any problems with this, but am I? Am I intrinsically supporting right. it? Are people around me doing it? Am I doing something I'm not even aware of? That's something that as as a leader, you know, I'm, I'm affected more because it's, well, I don't want to say I'm affected more, but uh, it is it is very uh, potent in my mind, everything that's going on, because it is the core I was involved in. So now I'm thinking, all right, I was in a, le I was in a leadership position in a core that now has a lot of controversy going on around it was I somehow involved in this when I was there? And I'm like, really, I'd spent a long time thinking through and saying, is there anything I could have done better? Anything I add that I actively did poorly that, that could have, um, that could have contributed to this. And, and luckily, like I haven't found <laughs> anything <laughs> like I, 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 I'm, happy with the way I acted at that time and and you know cores are different year to year so I right. can't speak specifically to the core that this incident happened with um, but it, it's uh, you know something that we should all look <laughs> beyond have a keen eye for looking outward and inward for this type of activity in this this beautiful <laughs> thing that we all love doing well, you know, I don't want to make the whole this whole uh, podcast yeah. about the but it's definitely something happy. Do you bring up? Yeah, I do <laughs> want to talk about something a little more uh, uh, funny that I have my own personal funny story for. Um, uh, and you'll relate to this one because we were we conducted the same ensemble. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> should the percussion follow the drum major, or should the drum major 
follow the progression. What were you guys told by like your leadership, and then what do you personally believe? Because I think that's an interesting Ooh. thing. That's a good question. You want to go first? You want me to go first? <laughs> uh, part of me wants to say it at like the same time. <laughs> no. um, all right. What What was I told? Um, I wasn't told anything for a very long time. I was not instructed on this at all. Um, and, uh, but I believe that eventually I was told to, to follow the percussion, specifically center snares feet. I was told to say, so I was, so I was told that in high school. Mm -hmm. um, because our director was a DCI judge. Mm. So he's like, they look at that. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Um, you have to follow the center snares feet. So basically the center snare is the one that runs, runs the band. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time they're like, but you need to control the center snare. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, so it's like, okay, well, I mean, I'm watching his feet and he's not with me. <laughs> so I'm going to keep trucking. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I think personally it's going to vary depending on who your center snare is and who your drum major is. So here's where I tell my, talk about my funny story. So yeah. um, you had a different center snare than I did. I think yeah. yours was Elijah. I had, I had Mike McCready's and then Elijah. I had two okay. center snares okay. while I was at KSU. Um, for me, I had, um, his name is Eric. Um, and Eric spent a lot of time looking down. Mm -hmm. So, especially in the stands. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times I would try to call a tune. And I'd have to look at like three snares down to have them count it off. <laughs> right, so right. At that point, it's like, okay, well, then I need to be in charge. But then when it's on the field, it was the other way around. Eric, because he was currently, he went from DCI into mm. collegiate level. So he was he, like rock solid with his tempo. Yeah. So it's like I yeah. could trust as soon as I conducted a beat, didn't matter what the beat was, he was going to stay on tempo the entire time. Yeah. So it's like in that instance, I'm following him. <laughs> so, um, but it was very aggravating. <laughs> stance. I try to call us, I would call a stand tune and I would just look, generally look at, at the snare line and one of them would, <laughs> would do it. So do, do the taps. So, um, to me personally, uh, if I had to pick one or the other, I would, I would say I would lean more towards, um, the drum major listens to the percussion mm -hmm. um, because if the percussion's got the the beat, because ultimately the band's going to listen back to the percussion. Yeah. So if you listen to the percussion, it kind of puts everybody together. Um, but as a drum major, I, when I was conducting, I would try to stay just ahead of them, right? Um, like just slightly ahead of them um, because of sound delay, and you want people to be able to keep yeah. up. Because if you if you try to conduct with the sound. You're gonna be behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're you're gonna be way yeah. off. But I don't know. What do you think? Um, so yeah, when it comes to my my uh, personal, uh, so I was told to watch like follow center snares feet, and um, and I mostly agree with that personally. Um, it's it's worked out for me, but that I was lucky enough where by the time I I known to do this <laughs> i um had already i had taught some some uh high school band and my center snare was a guy that i had already taught with 
<laughs> so we had been teachers together, and then we just happened to be drum major and center snare at the same time. And so we already had a, a uh, like a social relationship together. We knew how each other worked going into it. And I, I would recommend to any drum major to become very familiar with your center snare and get to know them and tell them what you go through in, in a certain part of music and then hear what they go through so you can be aware of those two things. Because for us, it sort of turned into, I would set the tempo, he would take it and maintain it. Um, and if there were ever any tempo changes or adjustments, he would follow me. But as far as just like maintenance and keeping everyone stacked, I would follow his feet. <laughs> but there would start to be tears and our eyes would be on each other and we'd be non-verbally like, all right, dude, what's going on? Like, we gotta, we gotta figure this out. Like, like, right like now. are you going to, we'd usually have a look of, Hey man, you're going too fast or, or, you know, oh, I'm a bit behind or, you know, not being as clear. And so we would check each other pretty well. And between the two of us, you know, it's the combined opinions that would maintain that, <laughs> that, that tempo. Um, That's a good question. That is, a, that is a great question. So I think, yeah, follow the center stairs feet. Be very familiar with your percussion. What's your answer? Uh, somebody who didn't drum major. Let's see. Parades, obviously you can't see the drum major. So right. And always... the drum major can't see the right. snare. <laughs> I did march indoor, though. So, like, I guess I'm a little biased because you're always just following the beat and, like, you just follow that snare. Um, but I want to say I was a good... A good musician, I always just watched the drum major when I could. Obviously, once you're outside of the you know, 35s, yeah, yeah, it's like a lot harder. Um, but again, it just always it always comes down to the ability of the center snare, I guess. Because in a lot of high schools, the the technical skills of center snares is going to be very vastly different so like yeah. some yeah. places they might just be like hey percussion just keep your heads up the entire time yeah and, and um, that might have been why i didn't hear that until right. later is, is it sort of took a, a bit for people to advance in their skill right. level to be able to work together on that and and i can imagine as someone teaching in an inexperienced uh high school program might just be easier to say everyone watches drum major and right then, and then maybe have some some coaching with the percussion saying all right, you got to kind of adjust this or that. Because I do agree, I would watch Standard Stairs' feet. Rarely would my hands hit at the exact, exact you know, you got to, you, there's a bit of tuning that just comes from experience of, right. okay, I'm watching his feet and I'm taking that tempo, but I have to adjust for sound. Because, um, so a, a way to kind of put that in perspective, then, and then I kind of want to go to like a, 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 a final question. Um is you know when when you're conducting and you're listening and you're watching feet, mm -hmm. the sound is going to be behind. But yeah. to to you, like, let me back up. When you're conducting and you're listening to the drum line and watching the feet, you're gonna hear the sound after you see the yeah, feet. Yeah, it's gonna sound right? late. Um, and but to but to the rest of the band, the the drum line is gonna sound a lot more in tempo than you would be because you're conducting with the if you conduct with the sound right so if you conduct with feet it's more visual and you can keep up with them but it's gonna you're gonna have to put your hands down just before they 
he put their heel on the ground because otherwise the rest of the band's going to get behind because yeah, they're going right. to watch you or they're going to listen to the and you get tears that way. Yeah, um, it's a fun game. It's a fun chess. Game. It, it is. It is. <laughs> and and if you're struggling with that, if you're young and you're struggling with that, it becomes fun. Yeah. It becomes a thing that you actually enjoy trying to like. It, it's 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 like tuning. You know, yep. you gotta. It's it's that back and forth until you hit that sweet spot, and it it'll feel weird for a bit, and then and then it becomes more natural. You're gonna um, feel like the the band is dragging, but we can have a whole episode. We're gonna have a whole conducting well, and it, thing, and it changes too because like in drum corps, um, you're traveling around and playing in a different stadium every time, mm. you know, and so you you hear like the you know the drum majors will talk between chorus and. Some experienced guys will be like, "Oh yeah, this place is really echoey, and the band likes to listen to it." And so, like, you'll have to really like pull them through. So, right. Like, you know, if you know there's a, a, a temporally challenging section, right. Ooh. Um, <laughs> then uh, you know you become more aware of those things, and that's part of the art of of conducting. It's one of the things I love about being drum majors. You have your your different aspects of your running rehearsals and your kind of your rehearsal. Um, uh, duties and your and then your off field duties and then your your performance conducting and uh, all of those have their different nuances. Or in like in college when you're running stands, like right. I hated running stands for my first season, and then and I eventually picked it up and it became one of my favorite things. That strategy of of running stands. Now with that though, and, and a a lot of uh, programs do this differently, right? But he brought up a good point about you know you're outside the thirty five, you can't really see. You. The drummers like how I mean, I mean, do you need to have multiple drum majors? Like you know, right? I, I, some programs like to have like four or five. <laughs> yeah. Other programs just have one. Others do one plus staff members. <laughs> right. Others do two and they split the the field. It's I mean, do we need more than one? No. Yeah. I so. Uh, What's the answer? Right. <laughs> there is one correct <laughs> answer. Um, Incorrect. And it is. <laughs> Right. Like, oh, buffers. Find um, next time. So, uh, my my setups, uh, uh, in my experience, in high school we had two, and we swapped movements around. Um, so there's lots of moving around the field. In uh, in college we had one and staff member uh, side field conductors, and then at Spirit we had four, and we. Uh, we split the front and the back, so there's like four in a in a rectangle, and I was a believer of of multiple drum majors uh, for for a long time until we talked or until I had a conversation with with the director at Kennesaw State, and she explained why she believed that one that only one was necessary, and that was the model that she went for. And after she explained it, I kind of agree, <laughs> which is, she is she's very convincing. And and I and I will I will also say that this is pretty specific, I think, to to college bands, just because of the type of shows you tend to do and the and the material that uh, that you learn. But um, you know, she has one conductor on the fifty yard line, or one one drum major on the fifty yard line who is conducting, and. Um, her rationale was that it, it is simpler to have one drum major that is dealing with the, the uh, 
various duties that they have within the band so they can make sure that everything's getting done instead of splitting that among multiple people where things can get lost in communication. Um, there's also a risk with multiple drum majors to develop factions within the band of some members preferring a drum major over another. Um, this got into what we were kind of talking about uh, <laughs> breaking the podcast. Um, and and that can be very, that's kind of a night, nightmare scenario as far as leadership structure goes when you start dividing who, who likes who. Well, I do want to bring up a point about just drum major in general. I mean, we're talking about specifically drum majors that conduct. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of programs that have a show drum major. Right. So that they'll use a, a baton or an American mace or um, name it. Um, yeah. And and though and then those individuals don't really um, conduct. Right. Um, so you know, and, I, and that's something that I wish I had more experience in because all the programs I were in, all the drum major conducted. It'd be great to talk to a drum major from one of those organizations. Right. Um, well, and I had the the privilege. Um, I went to a very well known drum major campus. I believe UN as well. Yeah, Smith Walbridge. <laughs> Smith Walbridge. Um, and got to and got to go through that camp with uh, Michael Jansen, mm-hmm. who was the drum major of the Iowa uh, marching the Hawkeye marching band. Yeah. Um. And and for his was he was more show than was conducting. He now he did conduct. Yeah. Um. However, you know, it, it was we had a big conversation about it that for for what I was doing, I was conducting on the field and in the stands. But for them, it was one or the other. Or right. you, you just did a show, mm-hmm. um, so it's interesting to see that dynamic too. It's like at that point, do you need more than one? Yeah, because the director will do the conducting. So well, like and a, think about like Ohio State, how they have they have their you know very famous baton twirling right. um, drum major, but they also have uh, do they call them field commanders? Oh, they have it. They have a terminology. We're gonna have to fact check or something. I, I, unfortunately, <laughs> I know some people in the Ohio State band. They're gonna get mad at me, but. <laughs> um, but uh, they have conducting drum majors, and then they have their their very well known high strutting, uh, you know, fancy drum major. Which I wish I could do that. <laughs> well, yeah. You guys did some show drum majors <laughs> part of pregame. Yeah, we tried. Yeah, we got to dabble <laughs> in both, which was interesting to yeah. to have have both of those experiences. But um, but yeah, I, so organizationally, I actually really do like having a, a a single drum major to overlook what's going on and. Uh, the the rationale behind our college director's uh, uh, decision behind that was that she would not uh, she would not like to to sacrifice potential marching members to be simply side field conductors because the way she organizes it all the responsibilities funnel to one and so those members would only be conducting side field and she's like I had I had staff that can conduct side field so um, no, so that was her that's her rationale and I was like you know it's it's hard to argue with and and I have been having having um, been in situations with multiple drum majors I have seen the issues that she talked about where where that's pretty pretty uh, strong like uh, certain members liking um, one drum major over the other and, and things getting lost in, oh, I thought you were going to do that. No, you were supposed to do that. And that, that can happen. That can happen quite a bit. Um, now, knowing what I know now, 
in what I've learned in delegation, I think I would it would be nice to have like better to have multiple drum majors rather than than just one. But it took me being a lone drum major and having to rely on my leadership team that that's what really what taught me delegation because as a lone drum major you physically can't handle everything and so you have to learn quick to to really trust your leadership team to to be able to give them assignments and know they're going to do a great job and i don't have to worry about it and they'll come and tell me how it went kind of thing and uh, i really appreciated the lessons that that told me they're the 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 lessons i learned as a uh, as a single drum major and i think i could apply that and did apply it um like in spirit when we had four um but uh, yeah there it, it is a it needs to be handled well with multiple drum majors <laughs> and it does simplify things with uh, with one what do you think i don't know at the high school level if any program could successfully just run with one drum major because mm-hmm. they are literally teenagers and just all that immense pressure because yeah, there are some programs that may just have 30 people, but there are also programs with 400, 500. Like Allen High School, they have 600, or 700 people in the... Broken Arrow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have almost like 1,000 people like involved in that program. So just like, I'm not sure high schoolers are mature enough to just be that single person, especially if the program is a lot larger. Mm-hmm. Um, college, yeah, I probably do agree with just one drum major. Um, it's just, they're, I don't want to say a symbol, but they are symbolized. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, and that they are the face and that like, if there's just one, it's just easier for people to like go to that one figure right. essentially for the whole group. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not like well-versed enough in DCI. So like, no, um, I do think that like. I guess maybe this is me putting too much expectations on DCA that it probably would just be fine with just one. Um, maybe two if they have a lot of backfield-like stuff happening. Yeah, we we were kind of all over the field in our show. And so, like I said, we had two front and two back, and we didn't even have one on the 50. We were splitting because mm-hmm. we were pretty wide. Right. And, um, and that situation, and in drum corps... Again, everything's sort of more complicated because right. you are you are no longer drum major for four hours during a rehearsal right. at the end after school. You you are drum major from before the core wakes up because you wake the core up to after they go to bed because you make sure everyone's going to bed. And so you are there all day being drum major. And so that at that point it was really nice to be able to rely on some others right. and kind of spread out that load throughout the day, um, but. That is a situation where I think in drum corps at that level of drum corps, that you almost need to be at that level to be able to work mm-hmm. on that level with other drum majors and and know that uh, you can rely on other people and and egos aren't going to be be hurt by like <laughs> it, by you doing a job rather than that. Right. Um, that so it's all dependent on how the how the structure is set up. I think that the one drum major system worked because of the way that Dr. Trafficani ran the, the program, and I think it worked uh, very well. But um, yeah, I think it's it's a good thing to to consider as someone who's running a program. Um, you know, think about what you really need and um, kind of what you can get away with. 
sometimes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah, maybe yeah, not. Maybe, maybe, maybe not that. About that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ethan, I really appreciate you coming to hang out with us and talk to us about everything that has to do with leadership and drum major and your experience. Um, and some of the not so pretty things well, yeah. uh, uh, about bands, so I really appreciate that. Oh well, yeah, thanks for having me, so guys. You got any plugs you want to share? Um, uh, I would extreme ownership by Jocko Willink. G O C K O W I L L I N K. I think it is Jocko Willink. You'll be able to find it. But extreme ownership is a fantastic book. Really entertaining. Lots of good stories in there, um, and how to apply them. I would plug that more than anything. I have an Instagram. I don't post on it very much. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, maybe we can link it somewhere. But uh, if you have any questions, I'm, I'm totally happy if people message me. And I'll try to answer any questions that people have gotten. People have reached out to me like that before. And that's a good way. Uh, if you have any um, overall questions about, about leadership or being a drum major, conducting, or really specific questions of, of I'm having the trouble with this one member and I don't know how to get through to them. So if you, uh, if you have any questions that way, you can find me on Instagram. And uh, yeah, other than that, just, I'm yeah, glad, glad you guys had me on. It was fun. Well, thank you. And if you like what you heard, you can find us on any social at Marching Arts Pod. Um, I mean, I had a great time today. Um, you know, look forward to the other episodes. Um, And thank you. This has been the Marching Arts Podcast, your guide to all things marching.